Hello, it's Brody. I love bringing mummification to you each week, and if you'd like to support me to keep doing that, you can make a once-off donation through the Acast supporter feature. There's no regular subscription, and your donation will help pay our music license, buy audio gear, and put fuel in my car so I can keep interviewing the amazing women who share their stories with us. There's a link in the show description and episode show notes. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Mummification. I'm your host, Brody Matner. This podcast is a space for women and parents to talk about how they're feeling. And sometimes they feel like swearing. So this episode may not be suitable for young ears. Hello. Today's episode is a little bit different. Uh, when I had Juniper two years ago, uh, she's our second baby, uh, several of my very close girlfriends had their first babies all within that same year. And it was through listening to their experience of matrescence that it really helped me make sense of what I had gone through when I had had my first baby, Marlita, a couple of years before. And it was through the conversations I had with these amazing friends who'd just become mums that I thought, we need to be talking about this more because it became really obvious that I hadn't spoken to them about it when I had gone through it the first time. And so that's part of where the podcast came from. So I thought it might be nice for some of those friends to ask me some questions and I might turn them into mini episodes. Uh, so first cab off the rank is Fel. Uh, and Fel had her little boy Rex on the same day that I had June. And you can listen to Fel's episode back in season one. I'll put a link in the show notes. She asks me the obligatory first question about what I'd take to the island uh, and then and then we chat about a few other things. So uh, I will just sort of put these little mini episodes out uh, whenever these friends ask me questions. And so here is me. Tell me when you're ready. I'm ready. Okay. Questions. Okay. I'm going to introduce myself to your own podcast. Hi, Brody. Do you want to? Do you want me to say your last name? If you like. Okay. Hello, Brody Matner. I am here with my best friend, Brody. Welcome to your own podcast, <laughs> Mummification. <laughs> I'd like to preface this by saying I am not an interviewer. I am not. Um, I have no training in radio. 
I very rarely speak into a microphone unless it's at an assembly. Um, but I have the honour of interviewing you today. Uh, so, Brody, you yes. are best friend, wife, daughter, sister, colleague, advisor, advice provider, supporter, carer, and but I dare say your greatest accomplishment in your life is that of being a mum. Um, I have watched you be born into this role as a mum. Um, I've watched you do so many <laughs> things in your career, but watching you as a mum has been probably the most incredible thing in our friendship, I think, and has paved the way for me to understand us so much better and you and our children and, and everything. Um, and so now we talk about your journey of matrescence, which is why you have set this up and you have created a space for probably the most important discussion around entering the world of motherhood and I'm so grateful for you for doing that and so I'm lucky to do this today. This okay. is the bit where you get better at my job than I do. And oh, <laughs> hell no. That was, that was, that's that was be really the best good. Part of it. So it was now really it's going to go downhill. Uh, okay. So, about what's your favourite colour? Oh, uh, it depends what day it is. Actually, what is your favourite colour? Well, sometimes it's blue, sometimes it's pink, but I also really like green. Okay, great. That's <laughs> a really good start. See, I told you we're going downhill. Okay, I'm going to start with your question that you ask everyone. Mm-hmm. Here is a challenge for you. You are stuck on a desert island for the rest of your life, oh. surrounded by sharks. No chance of getting off yes you are allowed to take with you one drink one meal and one item go uh usually my drink would be a nice heavy shiraz or a lighter pinot noir but because it's a desert island and it's hot gin and tonic yeah what gin, what gin? four pillars yeah so. they're christmas they're yep. christmas special yep. <laughs> um my meal is bolognese spaghetti bolognese uh and my personal item is my tracksuit pants which ones? Uh, ones I inherited from Leith. They're grey and large men's size and I, they have Everlast written down the leg and I love them. I want to talk about your mum. Okay. Okay. Your beautiful mum, Bev, died nine years ago. Carly actually corrected me on this. Oh, my this. God. I, I stuffed up that date. It was ten years ago. <laughs> And I think the reason I had it in my head was because when we were going to announce when Rex and June were, Mm. when their due date was, that was nine years. Oh. And so in my head. We've just kept it that. Just, just, just. Because we've been saying this this whole time. Yeah. Um, But actually she's been dead 10 years. Okay. What year are we in? 2021. So it was 2011. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's wild. I actually can't believe it's been a decade. That's I know. Not that there's a big difference between nine and ten, but ten feels more significant, significant. and I don't know why. Um, your mum, Bev, is probably – It's weird. I, when I was thinking about this, I hate saying was. I actually hate oh, no. saying was when I talk about your mum and I don't feel like this with other dead people. <laughs> um, <laughs> she is – Probably one of the most incredible women to walk this planet. When we talk about female empowerment, when you talk about women who are courageous, when you talk – she just was a no bullshit, no fuss, phenomenal woman. I can can just see her. She she is you. She wore 
leopard every single day of her life. <laughs> she swore so eloquently. She could say fuck every third word in every sentence and make it sound like she was talking to the queen. She was talking to the queen. She loved wholeheartedly. She was so kind. She was everything that is good in a person, measured. You had your own language. I think for me the most beautiful thing about your mum is that you are your mum and she lives in you every day and I think this every year at like around the anniversary of her death and particularly in your children how lucky they are to have Bev in you because it's a two for the price of one deal. <laughs> um, how has your mum mm. and your mum's death, I guess, affected or paved the way that you are a mum? Well, it's a small question. It's so big. Um, when mum died, I was uh, – well, it must have been 28. 28. <laughs> Very formative time in your life as well. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, it shook the foundations of who I was as a person um, in ways that I hadn't – Expected. I mean, to be honest, I hadn't really thought about her dying. I hadn't really thought about my parents dying much at all. Um, and then she got sick and died within the space of about 18 months. So it was quite quick. Um, well, you know. Yeah, in the scheme of things. Yeah. Um, and so when she died, I didn't realise that it was going to completely change me as a person. Um, And I did a lot of growing up after she died. Um, But not like immediately after, I think in the the few years after. Um, And so, and I've been reflecting on this quite a lot lately because I think that her death and what that meant for me as a person and how that changed me, I don't want to say allowed me to become is the wrong um, phrase, but it forced me to become. I don't know really what the – as a result of her death, I became – I changed a lot. Do you read The Very Hungry Caterpillar a lot? Yes. <laughs> Weird thing. But, you know, he eats a lot. He has a lot of experiences. <laughs> I know I ate a lot. Why are you <laughs> bringing this <laughs> <up>? Meaning. <laughs> you were going through a really, really formative stage of your life mm. when your mum got sick. Mm. Like you lived in places, you had experiences, there was heaps going on for you and who you were becoming and you like clearly weren't there yet. Yes. And it's kind of like when the hungry caterpillar eats all his food and he goes into his cocoon and it all becomes a lot and he's in there for a little while. Yes. And your mum, I hope you don't mind me saying this and you can take this out if you want, but your mum on her deathbed Mm. was paying for you to go and see a therapist. Yes. So you could deal with her death. Yes. I tell everyone this. Because I think that is testament to her character and her love and understanding of what you were going through and what you would be going through 
and how you needed to get there. Yes. That to get you out of your cocoon yes. and to get you to your butterfly status, you needed to do a shitload of work on yourself through her death. Yes. And particularly with with the therapist I was seeing at the time, I'd seen <laughs> I'd seen her um, before for other things. Um, and she had actually been mum's therapist years and years before. And so she knew mum a lot. And I kept seeing her, um, I don't know for how long after mum died. Actually, no, I do know. It was for over a year because at the year mark, I went on a giant holiday overseas for six weeks. Um, and that just before I went on that trip, we had our, um, our final session and um, she said to me, my therapist said to me um, in a really, I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but because of the relationship we had had and because of the relationship she had had with mum and because mum, again, on her deathbed had sort of handed me over to this therapist, um, when we had our final session, she she said, you know, in a lot of ways, I feel like I've had a bit of a mothering role for you. Um, and she absolutely did. She was such a – she is a, just a phenomenal woman who helped me a lot. Um, and so I think that was so indicative of mum and what the kind of the kind of mum that she was – to in that moment when she's dying, (laughs) (laughs) say, I really think you need to go back and see this therapist. Um, And she did. She handed me over to her when mum was incapable of, well, and unable because she wasn't going to be here to do that work with me. And so... That was the kind of mum that she was. Um, what was the question? <laughs> it's so beautiful to hear you. I know it's hard and we don't often talk like this, but it's so incredible to hear you talk about the idea of handing you over mm. and that it was a collective experience getting you to sort of where you are now through your amazing therapist but your mum knowing that she would do the work with you so I guess my question was how has her death informed affected paved the way for you to be the mum you are now I think because her death was a catalyst for me to do a lot of work work that I didn't even know I needed to do but real umbilical cutting work Um, and to really step into being my own person. And I relied heavily emotionally on mum. Um, And so to to do that work and be more independent, that I think paved the way for me to be the person I was when Leith and I got together, which 
is always so tricky because I think being being the version of myself I was when we met and then got together was because mum had died. And I'm not saying that if we'd met and mum hadn't died that we wouldn't have gotten together, but I know I was significantly different, you know, those years after she passed away. Um, and so it paved it paved the way for me to be that version of myself, be in the relationship that I am in with Leith and then in terms of being a mum, I think about how mum was with us a lot but the main takeaway from how she was and what I strive to have with my girls is that I could tell her anything. Mm. And some of the things mm. that I could tell her anything. Yes. <laughs> some of the things I would say to her. Uh, we can't even say about what we I can't did. say it on this podcast. No, I would never say those things no, on this. No, we could. Podcast. Do you want me to say something? No, of them I now? don't want you to say Do you want any me to of tell them? you about that time in year 12. <laughs> no, I don't even know what you're going to say. Oh, I could say so many don't, things. Don't, don't okay. say any of the so things. So in it, no, I won't. No. Okay. It's not then, it's like could we say it in Arpa? No. Okay, all right, fine. No language, no, none of the. But some you of the things I would say to her, her and bless her, oh, she d- never made me feel bad. No, she never judged and you at all. And if, you would tell her some crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Look, she might have judged you. She might have then got on the phone to Auntie Susie and said, Are you fucking kidding me? And do you reckon Auntie Susie said to Bev, Have, have you, you surrendered, surrendered yet? yet? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but I, she never judged me and she no. never – sometimes she would say, oh, bro, Dennis. No. Uh, yeah. No she, no, she would say, darling, darling. fuck, what but, are you doing? But she never made me feel bad no. for the choices that I make. And maybe she should have because some of them are really shitty choices. <laughs> but, you know. It all leads to a point. Come see, come see. Um, so I, that's what I strive for with – our kids I want them to be able to come to me with anything and to know that I won't make them feel bad and that I will support them it's a pretty great it's a pretty good goal it's a pretty good goal and a pretty great trait and you have that in you so there's no doubt that you're not going to do that yeah, talk to me when they're 15 and like fuck off mum I hate yeah. you no they will do that <laughs> because oh look I see it every day I see that thousands of them do that um what would your mum – I want you to channel your inner Bev. Okay. What would she say to you mm. and how you're doing right now? It would start with – Darling. Darling. Um, she'd have the glasses on the end of her nose and she'd look down through them. Her diamante Her diamante leopard print, leopard print glasses, glasses. And she'd go, darling. She'd say, darling, you're doing a fabby job. You need to lay off the chocolate. <laughs> she, she totally would. <laughs> because when she was in hospital, I used to sit at the end of her hospital bed yeah. eating a block of chocolate. And, Understandably. Yeah. And um, because well, I've always self-medicated with food. Mm. and um, Well, she did it with joints and gin, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, you, you know. your own thing. Yeah, we all have our vices. And... Uh, 
and I remember she said to me, I'm, I'm very concerned about you eating so much chocolate. <laughs> as um, she's in hospital. As she's yeah. in hospital dying of cancer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so she would, I, I'm sure she would say, you are doing a fabby job. Um, put the chocolate down. I echo her sentiments. (laughs) (laughs) You are doing the most sensational job and I think this podcast is testament to your lived experience in working through what you've you've gone through in in the death of a mother in order to become a mother and now you you being birthed as one, I guess. Mm. You are so incredible at what you do. And like I said, you have played every kind of role in your life and hands down your best one is being a mum. So what do you say to new mums to empower them? I've thought long and hard about this. And what... I mean, there are lots of things that I could say that I've found that I've found empowering. But actually, one of the most useful things is to go outside. Mm. <laughs> your face oh, just then was no, like, "No, I love it." When your baby is screaming or you can't get it to sleep, when you are going out of your mind and nothing's working and it all feels like it's falling apart. Go outside, go for a walk, go to the park, go and jump in a puddle, go and whatever. Mm. Even if it's just go and hide around the side of the house and take 10 deep breaths. Yeah. On your own, get outside. That's my most empowering thing. When you just feel like you can't, just go outside. Because it's something, it's something active that you can do in a moment that for me makes a massive difference. Mm. Turns your day around. Turns my day around. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Brody, Marie, Louise, Georgia, Helen, Olga Flint, or just Brody Matner, <laughs> creator of Mummification. It has been so incredible to sit here and hear your story. We don't do this. No, we, we don't. We talk about everything else. And to hear you talk about your mum, your experience, the birth of all of this is incredible. She would be so proud. We are all so proud. You're amazing. Keep going. Thank we you. We love you. I love you. Mummification is produced and hosted by me, Brody Matner. Our beautiful music is composed by Ben Talbot Dunn. If you're enjoying the show, please rate, review and subscribe. You'll be notified when a new episode is released and it helps us reach new audiences, which in turn will hopefully help more women feel less alone. Thanks for listening.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.